listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, when the NFL announced uh, the full schedules Wednesday night and the books followed suit by publishing week one lines within an hour, well, you could feel the power and the fury of the NFL and their ability to galvanize a nation like a 200-car freight train leaving the station with a slow roll. Yes, and it's building to a crescendo, and before you know it, we'll have Dallas at Tampa Bay in a few Thursdays from now. And by the way, the Bucks have opened up as a six-point favorite. On that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tonight, I will analyze the Urban Meyer effect in Jacksonville. Can he have success in the NFL? Well, I know what his game plan. I know what his game plan is going to be, and I'll share it. In about 15 minutes, I will also share a cautionary tale about interpreting house rules when you make a bet, and how it can affect whether or not you're paid on what you perceive to be a winning bet. Hey, if it can happen to a pro, it can happen to anybody. Later on, after Bruin Finley's update, I will share an odd but true aspect of Michigan Wolverines football and their recent performance on NFL Draft Day juxtaposed against their performance on the field. And, of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports. We're going to chop up the NBA playing game menu and maybe even do a little prognosticating. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Burt Blylove in Minnesota, it's going to be lit. You know, a few years ago, legendary rock star Willie Nelson got into the soup with the IRS. And now one of Willie's prized possessions was a golf course that was literally in the backyard of his ranch-style home. And somehow, in the negotiations, Willie was able to hold on to the golf course and prevent it from being seized by the government. When the dust settled, a reporter asked him, and he visited Willie and sat on his deck and asked him, why was the golf course so important to you? That's easy, Willie said. See, when you own your own golf course, you get to decide par. See that 18th hole over there, that finishing hole? Well, it's a par 14, and yesterday I birdied it. <laughs> it's good to be the king. I said, well, no further evidence was needed that he was king when Urban Meyer agreed to meet and consider giving Tim Tebow an opportunity to join the 90-man roster with the inevitable hope, or, in, yeah, well, I, you know, the, the belief, I guess, that Tebow can somehow defy the odds and actually make the 53-man roster as legitimate, you know, contributing member of a national football team, even though the last time he suited up was in 2015, and that was only in training camp. Now, mind you, Tebow will be playing, you know, a new position, too. He'll be plying his trade now at tight end. If it works out, it's a position he's not played before. Now, predictably, this move is widely panned by the usual suspects because for some people, making fun of Tebow is a rite of passage. They'll, and, of course, they're going to remind you that he's stunk at quarterback, too. But the record book will actually show that Tebow was, in fact, 7-5 and five as a starter. He even won a playoff game in his first season, something Matt Stafford hasn't done in 12 seasons. But I digress. Now, when... Jacksonville owner, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shot Khan, handed Urban Meyer the keys of the car. Now, he, this is a head coach. He's, you know, this isn't chop liver. He won three national titles at Florida and Ohio State and went on to, you know, work on virtually every part of the franchise. He studied the Jaguars' culture for a month, talking to players about exactly how things used to be done. These are the things that Urban Meyer is going to bring. Culture. And details. Now, remember, whenever a college coach enters the ranks of the NFL, there's always skepticism. It's because 
It's just always been that way. You look down on it. When Jimmy Johnson joined the Cowboys in 1989, at that time, the Eagles were coached by Buddy Ryan, and he quipped, he's going to find out there are no East Carolinas on the schedule in this league. And then Steve Spurrier was roundly mocked when he said the only difference between coaching in the NFL and in college is that the cheerleaders are older. But see, Jacksonville is a different situation. Now, they've been a doormat for a couple years, but is it because they have no talent? Now, Urban Meyer, he's already weighed in on this. He's saying, you know, just saying that they don't have good players, that's not fair. In fact, he doesn't agree with it. You're going to hear things like leadership, influence, culture, and organizations draft every year, and the same ones don't win. And can you really always blame the players? And sometimes you blame the coaching. And But one thing that Urban Meyer brings everywhere he goes is culture and leadership. And he, after spending a good 60, 90 days in studying this team, he's got some ideas that he thinks can make them better. Most prominently among them is sports performance, which he says is the biggest challenge he has made in Jacksonville already so far. And it started when he was a receivers coach back at Colorado State in the early 90s. He actually made his receivers run track, rationalizing that why he didn't know anything about coaching speed, the track coaches did. And Meyer has emphasized sports performance throughout his college career at every stop, particularly at Ohio State. But to do that, you've got to have resources. You've got to have the resources to hire specialists that are used by top-level you know, talent. Now, NFL teams have those resources, and Meyer intends to use them in Jacksonville. If players want acupuncture, they're going to get it. You know, they're going to want the, he's going to provide the best possible setting and facilities so that players can not only reach their peak performance, but they're, wanna, they're going to want to stay in Jacksonville. And I know, you know, you can laugh, clown, laugh, but one of the things he talked to the players about, they want to control the music in the weight room. And they want the windows open. The shades have been closed. You can laugh all you want, but little things matter. And now the players say they can actually look outside. They believe that matters. You know, when Chuck Knoll took over the moribund Pittsburgh Steelers, first day in practice, he walked to a linebacker named Andy Russell, who'd already been in the league a few years, and he said, show me your stance. And Russell, uh, Russell did, and after a few seconds, Knoll said, all right, I want you to move your right foot over two inches and your left foot back one inch. And Andy Russell looked at him like he was nuts, but he did it, and with his newfound leverage and technique, he earned several pull bowls telling you little things make a difference. So Meyer's going to bring in some specialized workout and treatment and nutrition programs, and he is going to do the same things that he's done in everywhere he's been, which is finding a way to maximizing each player. One of the things I think Jacksonville players felt is that they weren't taken care of. And a lot of uh, Meyer's former players told him when they got to the NFL, they weren't even taken care of as well as they were taken care of at Ohio State. And Meyer always believes you've got to treat an elite athlete like, a, like an elite athlete. It's like a sports car. The better you take care of the sports car, it's going to run faster and it's not going to break down. So why would the weight coach be the same for a 175-pound cornerback as it is for a 340-pound guard? So Meyer's really going to start to get granular, right? From plunge pools to diet and all these crazy results that he's looking to get, also designed to prevent injuries. I mean, even Woody Hayes said it back in the 60s and 70s. If you're going to push people to the edge, which is what Meyer plans to do, you better treat them right. The best nutrition, the best sports performance, the best weight room, the best training staff. Because if you push people and don't give back, then the organization breaks down. That is what has happened in Urban Meyer's observation. 
Meyer is very much of a CEO-style coach. He's going to touch every aspect of the organization, and he's even been a uh, motivational speaker uh, of sorts. And if you read his book a few years ago, which I did about leadership, he has a formula called E plus R equals O. Success is not determined by the events you experience. It's the outcome of your response. So you have an event, how you respond to it, and that's your outcome. Meyer said that, you know, once he, when he did a deep dive analysis into the Jacksonville Jaguars, the truth of the matter is the culture was so down in the dumps, they expected to lose. It was a losing situation. And you know, in terms of pride, no one fears the Jaguar emblem. And Meyer is serious about wanting teams to fear Jacksonville. And he's basically said, if three years from now, Teams don't fear Jacksonville, and we've failed. And that includes everybody. The business office, ticket sales, marketing, everybody. Everybody's on the clock. Now, the Jacks were 1-15 last season. But scouts actually believe that the team was more competitive than their record. They just simply lacked killer instinct. They don't know how to close out games. They don't know how to win games. Now, Shad Khan, is a, the owner, is a successful guy in his own right. And, in, and a big part of Urban Meyer's appeal is that he's really a specialist and, you know, being a reclamation project fixer. It's not great English, but you know what I'm trying to say. So from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida to Ohio State, everywhere Meyer went, he took over struggling programs, and he quickly turned them around. He's told players he finally understands what greatness looks like and what it takes to win a championship. He learned that when he left Florida. Now, by the way, Urban Meyer was in his second season there when his buddy, Billy Donovan, took the Gators basketball team to the NCAA championship. Of course, they had a ton of stars, but they weren't selfish. They had different scores. They were among the lead leaders and assists. And Meyer thought to himself, if he could get his football team to be unselfish and make the laziness go away, to create a great team, they could win it all too. And he told his players to give them six months of your life to the best you could give, commit yourselves to greatness, the players were good enough, but you weren't committed. Six months later, the Gators were football national champions. Now, Meyer to this day remains close to Billy Donovan, who's now the you know coach of the Chicago Bulls, because he had success in college and the pros, and he has some insight as to what Meyer is about to attempt, and he gave him some advice about a month ago. Donovan told him, he said, in college, you got young players. They'll, they'll listen to what you say. They're going to listen to you because they're young. But when you get to the pros, it's a little different. Never underestimate or undervalue the intelligence of a professional athlete. You don't get to the professional ranks unless you're gifted, but it's much more than that. They are going to watch you and measure everything you say and measure everything you do, so you better make sure you and your staff are on point because the minute you lose trust, it's over. Now, Urban Meyer is one of three coaches, along with Pop Warner and Nick Saban, to win a major college football national championship at two universities. Now, winning a title in Jacksonville would make him part an even more you know, exalted fraternity. Coaches who've won championships in college and the NFL, again, very short list, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer, and, of course, the legendary Paul Brown, who actually won at Ohio State before his Cleveland Browns dominated. So this has been done before, all right? It's a short list, and the NFL is littered with the careers of college coaches who were less successful in making the leap to the NFL. Even Nick Saban, perhaps the greatest college coach in history, quote-unquote, struggled in his time with the Miami Dolphins before he left to create the, the uh, Alabama dynasty. But to be fair, he didn't get the quarterback he wanted, right? Saban was unsuccessful in getting his franchise quarterback, and it wasn't his fault. See, here's a, here's a kicker. Herbert Meyer thinks he already has one. 
And there's a history of NFL coaches who haven't come from the college game that don't very, do very well in the NFL either. It's about even, frankly. Coaches fail. It's a tough league. They say it's big boy football. Don't think Urban Meyer doesn't get that. He's a punching bag for a lot of people, but he knows what he's getting into, okay? And he's actually confident because he is a great talent evaluator, and while he was great at recruiting and developing players in college, he will also find ways to bring players in at Jacksonville. And once the word gets out that Meyer has a commitment to sports performance, you know, some are going to roll their eyes because, well, they say, uh, you know, didn't Chip Kelly do that? He had, you know, the personalized post-workout protein shakes and all that. I wouldn't compare Chip Kelly to Urban Meyer. Two different people. I don't recall Kelly winning multiple national championships at various schools. Now, when Meyer first settled into Jacksonville, he asked his staff to find a comparable example of a team in NFL history that had the first overall draft pick, 10 picks in one draft, the league-leading amount of salary cap space, plus a returning core of pretty good players. They couldn't find one. So the Jaguars literally are in somewhat of a historic position. Now it's up to Urban Meyer to replicate the rebuilds he used to dominate college football, and he's going to have the most resources he's ever had. And in the prior schools, he produced historic results that no one ever did. So, Shot Can, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, him and Urban Meyer are in great lockstep as well, for what it's worth. And in in one of the things they're they're very similar. Look, Shot Khan always said, I've been a success all my life, but my failures were never on the sports pages. This is the kind of business, this is Shot Khan talking, the owner, where everybody is watching every single thing you do and everybody always has an opinion. He believes that Urban Meyer has street cred. All right? I think Urban Meyer has street cred. Now, if the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to emerge from misery to greatness, he's going to need it. I don't think I'd bet against this guy. He's brilliant. Let's see what happens. Don't hold the failures of other college coaches who've come and act like they're reinventing the league. Don't hold that against Urban Meyer. He's actually not doing that. He's still dealing with human beings, and Urban Meyer has produced results. I can't wait to watch and see what happens. Coming up... You've got to read the rules of the house when you make a sports bet. Because if a bad experience can have can happen to a professional better, it can happen to you. I'll explain in a minute. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Interesting story in Las Vegas recently involving a professional better, a gentleman I know, a gentleman I like, I have a lot of respect for. He's very bright. His name is Gil. And there was a situation where he had a dispute with the Westgate Sportsbook 
Uh, and the Nevada Gaming Control Board actually ruled in favor of the Westgate Sportsbook over a bet on the 2020 French Open. Here's what happened. So Gill had placed a $1,000 wager at 30-1 to 1 odds at the Westgate in January 2020 on Aga Swiatek to win the French Open. Well, the tournament was postponed in March because of the coronavirus pandemic, and it was rescheduled for September. Now, the tournament was supposed to be held in May, but in September when it was held, Swiatek won the event. When Gill tried to cash his ticket at the Westgate, he was told it had long since been refunded. In fact, the Westgate's position was they had refunded all bets in March and posted a new French Open betting pool in accordance with house rules that an event must be held within eight days of the scheduled date to be considered action. Again, the tournament was originally scheduled for May. wasn't played till September. So we took the dispute to the Gaming Control Board, where a gaming agent, again, ruled in favor of the Westgate. Out, he, uh, out, you know, he appealed the decision, and a hearing examiner heard the appeal and made a recommendation to the board, which again upheld the agent's decision. Once gaming has ruled on a dispute, well, the next step for a better, per statute, is to take their case to the local district court, which in this case would be would have been the Clark County District Court. Gill didn't necessarily feel he'd received a fair hearing because one of the former gaming control chairmen, gentleman by the name of Mark Lipparelli, well, one of his companies manages the casino at the Westgate. At the end of the day, both sides were heard, and the decision turned on the House rules. Given the multiple layers, there were reviews from agents, supervisors, deputy chiefs, even before the hearing, and then it was reviewed again by an assigned board member post-decision. So the system is designed to render a fair decision. The moral of the story is, is that when you make a bet here in Vegas, please pay attention to the house rules. Uh, and, and again, this is a very sharp gentleman, a guy I know. I don't know what happened, but it happened. And I'm going to give you an example. So I was telling this to Arnie and Aaron uh, about a month and a half ago before baseball is getting ready to start. The Dodgers' season win total was 102, 102 wins. So you could bet the over, meaning you believe that the Dodgers would win more than 102 games, or you could bet the under, believing they would win less than 102 games. But regardless, you have to, uh, in order to that bet to be graded as action and to cash a winning ticket, there has to be what's, quote, a full season. Well, a, a full season is 162 games. However, what is the sports book's interpretation of a full season? Well, that depends on what sports book you went to. So if you bet the over, one particular sports book considered a full season to be 153 games. You wouldn't want to bet, you wouldn't want to place that bet there because that's nine less games in a regular full season. Therefore, you're short-circuiting yourself a chance to win that bet. Another sports book had a full season at 156 games and another one at 158. So you want to know the house rules because you're going to find yourself in a situation one day where you might think you have a winning bet and you don't. And perhaps, let's say, let's say for some goofy reason, the Dodgers only play 152 games and they've won 108 of those games, guess what? That's not a full season. You might think you're sitting on a winning bet, but according to the house rules, which are published, 
and they're easy to find and easy to read, and you can always pull a supervisor and ask questions, you might be stuck holding a piece of paper instead of a winning ticket, and you don't want to find out the hard way. By the way, speaking of totals, uh, this past week, the, uh, in the NFL released their full schedule, and uh, it was great to watch. And immediately, the, within an hour, uh, their week one lines were out, and a couple games I like a lot. By the way, not for nothing, if you had just simply bet uh, divisional dogs in the month of September going back blindly to 2003, you'd be at a tidy 57%. In week one, there are two divisional dogs. One I like. Miami's catching two and a half in New England. I believe that line will go to three before kickoff. I think you'll see New England action come in. There's a divisional bet. Two pretty good defenses. I like Brian Flores, what he's doing in Miami, which also leads me to believe probably the better side of that bet, which is a total, which is currently at 45. Those two teams played twice last year, obviously. They're divisional teams. The final score in New England was 21 to 11. The final score in Miami was 22 to 12. Both decided unders. You're getting 45 points. There is no Ryan Fitzmagic to uh, guide that Miami offense. So you're going to be looking at Tua versus most likely Cam Week One. I think you're going to see a lot of running, a lot of ball control, field position, good defense. Don't blow assignments. Don't make turnovers. You know, don't commit turnovers. Don't don't commit penalties. All that good stuff. Play a clean game. Feels like a real low-scoring game to me. The pros, by the way, since the schedule have come out, has come out, have fired on some unders. Tennessee Titans at nine, the Raiders at seven, and the Lions at five. By the way, there are two overs I actually like. The Kansas City Chiefs. Their total is twelve. Win total is twelve. Remember, it's a seventeen-game season this year. Now the Chiefs have already gone over their total eight straight years, and. They're pretty ticked off on what happened in the Super Bowl last year. So I think you're going to see a very motivated team. I feel like they've cleaned up their issues at offensive line. They go 12-5, and five, you got yourself a free roll. They went 14-2 and two last year in a 16-game season. And i got to tell you, it's, is it not reasonable to believe they can go 13-4 and four this year? The only way you lose that bet is if the Chiefs lose six games in a regular season. Seems unlikely. Finally, I also like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over. They started out. It's eleven and it's eleven and a half. They started out seven and five last year, but once they figured it out, they won seven games down the stretch. You see what they did in the Super Bowl. They got all twenty-two players back last year. They still had a great year, even though seven and five. They start out no OTAs, no mini camp, no preseason to speak of, no preseason games. I've always joked that Brady's trying to get his receivers in rhythm and timing in the parking lot of Napa Auto Parts, running raw trees, and people are calling the cops on him. Look out, I think that Tampa Bay team is for real. Coming up, it's never too soon to talk a little college football, and I saw something this week that really caught my eye. You know, the Michigan Wolverines, they haven't exactly been a fixture when it comes to winning Big Ten titles or going to the playoffs, but, man, have they represented in the draft. Go figure. I will explain. But first, let's go to a gentleman with great wisdom. He once told me that, Bernie, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But if life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. <laughs> wow, how about that, Bernie? Thank you so much. Corey Seager incurs a fracture in his right hand as the Dodgers puzzle the Marlins 7-0. Trevor Bauer striking out 10, lasting 7 innings and surrendering only 2 hits. The Mariners befuddle the Indians 7-3. Dylan Moore cranks out a 3-run blast in the 4th inning. The Padres zoom past the Cardinals 13-3. 
13-3. Adam Wainwright barfing on the mound with six earned runs over four innings. Austin Nola spazzing out with six RBI. The Blue Jays chalk up a 4-0 win over the Phillies. Philly floundered with three errors. The Astros veer by the Rangers 6-5. Houston piled up four runs in the first inning. The Royals nauseate the White Sox 5-1. Salvador Perez poking a three-run homer. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and six others counting up the 2020 Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame class acknowledged on Saturday, inducted in a delayed ceremony. Kobe's widow Vanessa accepting the honor on his behalf said in part, quote, right now, I'm sure he's laughing in heaven because I'm about to praise him in public, close quote. Kobe's Lakers blow by the Pacers 122 to 115 behind 24 points from LeBron James, who returned after missing six consecutive games with that nicked up ankle. L.A. currently is in seventh in the West. The Bucks seesaw past the Heat 122 to 108. Milwaukee is third in the East. Miami is sixth. The Suns inhale the Spurs 140 to 103. Phoenix clinging to that second spot in the conference, but are still in the running for the top seed. And finally, Ron Bauer winning the Preakness Stakes, the second leg of the Triple Crown, and afterwards, the horse blew off the media. Now let's get back to a man who is a media darling. It's our man from Vegas holding things down, Bernie Fratto. Ah, yes, the comedic stylings of Bruin Finley, the silver tongue devil. By the way, I want to remind you, enjoy spotlight comfort and save big on your water bill with a Navian tankless water heater. Go tankless with Navian. You can save hundreds on a new Navian tankless water heater with local rebates. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. For those who've listened to me, they know that I covered Michigan sports for many years uh, in the great state of Michigan. CBS Radio in Detroit, Lions pre- and post-game show, covered all the major events and made my bones in Ann Arbor and WTKA 1050, which to this day is still the flagship of Michigan football. Michigan has a guy by the name of Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Now, Harbaugh was hired to do three things back in December 2014. Beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, and get to the Final Four playoff. How's that working out for him? But what if I told you Michigan had more players drafted over the last two years than any school besides LSU, Ohio State, and Alabama. Now, that's crazy. I know, that's nuts. But so is the fact the Wolverines have also had more guys selected over that period than Clemson. Clemson has participated in six straight college football playoffs. Michigan's yet to go to one. And while it's true that the 2020 Michigan defense was its own disaster and the Joel Milton Cade McNamara Wolverines with their eight draft picks, lost to the first Michigan State team in 80 years that failed to produce a single draft pick. That just goes to show you how rapidly the composition of college football's elite programs has shifted in the seven years Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan. I know this is nuts, okay? Clemson, they're arguably, well, I would say they're arguably the anti-Michigan. Now, while Dabble Sweeney has certainly produced his share of elite players across the field, the program's nine first-rounders over the past five years is not even close to Alabama, who's at 21. Now, the Clemson Tigers beat the Tide in two national championship games during that time. Now, I think that's at least in part due to the fact the reason is two of the guys that Dabo Swinney had under center were Deshaun Watson 
and Trevor Lawrence. Elite quarterbacks have a lot bigger impact than third-round offensive linemen. Case in point, Michigan has actually had more O-linemen drafted in the past two years than Clemson has had in the past seven. Now again, this just goes to show you how rapidly the composition of college football's elite programs has completely shifted just in the last few years since Jim Harbaugh came to Michigan. If you recall, Harbaugh and his 2016 team, well, they came within inches on a fourth down spot against Ohio State from reaching the Big Ten championship and possibly the playoff. And that was a good team that would go on to produce 13 players taken in the first four rounds. I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh's 2016 Michigan team. However, their quarterback was a guy named Wilton Spate. Another guy, he actually ended up transferring to UCLA, and he never made an NFL roster. And by the way, I don't mean to bring up bad memories in Michigan, complaining about a bad call. Feel free to not blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Maybe you'd have beaten Ohio State. But I digress. See, because if you, in reality, if you took that exact same 2016 Michigan team and put it up against the Ohio State team, say, from last year, or even Alabama or Clemson from last year, you know, you know for a fact the result wouldn't be pretty. By the way, what will Michigan do this year? Well, they get Washington, Indiana, and Ohio State at home. I'm not going to go into the Western Michigans. And, you know, good, those are good programs and everything, but Michigan's probably not going to lose to them. So get Washington, Indiana, and Ohio State at home. They travel to Penn State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Over their schedule, those appear to be their toughest games. Would it surprise you if they only went 3-3 three and three in those games? And that's not going to get it done. Wait, come on, it's never too soon to talk college football. And by the way, it's never too soon to talk some of the great contests that will be coming up here in Las Vegas as we get closer and closer to the football season. You've heard my man Tony Miller, the sportsbook director over at the Golden Nugget, He's been on our show multiple times. Well, guess what? Just this last week, he opened up registration for the 2021 Golden Nugget Ultimate Football Contest. Unfortunately, they didn't have it last year for obvious reasons, right? It was canceled because of the pandemic. The entry fee is 1000 and you can enter up to a maximum of three entries. And here's what makes this contest really cool. The contestants select seven college or NFL sides each week, no totals. But you can pick, you can pick all seven college games or all seven NFL games or a combination of the two during the entire 18 weeks of the NFL season. That's the duration of the contest. And also contestants can submit their selections this year on the Golden Nugget mobile app. And of course, if you don't live in Las Vegas, there are plenty of great proxy services that are offered. Now in 2019. The contest had 282 entries. Now, it's not as big as a super contest where you've got a couple thousand people, but 282 entries, and uh, interestingly enough, two entries from the same contestant, a gentleman by the name of Michael Walks. He lives in Westchester County, New York. He tied for first 73-42, and 42, well, 73-42-4. and four. He had a winning percentage of 63%, and for his efforts, he received $79,000 twice, for a total of 158124 Not bad for a $1,000 investment. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's time for Mackinac Sports. Yeah, we're going to chop it up. We're going to talk about these NBA playing games 
that are just hours away, literally. And tomorrow's slate could have a say in that. And I don't care if you don't like the NBA playoff game, play-in games. We do, and you know you're going to be watching. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank our crew back in Los Angeles, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, and Bo Benson turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Glued together, guys do a great job. And by the way, uh, shout out, we have special guests in the studio tonight, the team of the Bet. Betting Predators, uh, Chris Dell, J.B. Smoove, and, of course, you know their teammates with Dan Rivera and Sleepy. And those guys do a real nice job uh, with their website. All right, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. Uh, it's time, Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. And, Mackenzie, we've been talking about this, and now it's upon us. And before we actually get to the play-in games themselves, there are some important games tomorrow that have implications to me, that makes it even better because typically the last day of the NBA season has always been a fagazi, but not now. Exactly right. We have pretty much three playoffs. We have the play-in next week. We have the actual playoffs. And tomorrow, for a lot of teams, are essentially playoff games. I love the way they're doing it. It's very NFL-like to have all 30 teams active tomorrow, Sunday, some of them playing for everything. So let's start with Memphis catching five against Golden State. What has to happen for the Warriors to get that uh, seventh seed or the eighth seed? Check that. All they need to do is win, and they're going to have the the catbird seat. They'll be the eighth seed. They'll play the Lakers. They'll have to go one and one in the playing tournament to make the playoffs. And the exact same thing I just said is true for the Grizzlies. Same scenario, same record. You just got to win tomorrow's game, and you will have that catbird seat to get into the playoffs. Although, just to set the record straight, it's my understanding if Portland loses and the Lakers win, the Lakers will avoid the playing game. They'll get the sixth seed, and Portland would be the seventh seed. So you got to watch these games. Golden State's got to win. Portland's got to win. The Lakers, it doesn't really matter if they win tomorrow. But if they win and Portland loses, then we've got our playing game. Right. It's going to matter if the Blazers lose. So the Lakers, they're 10-point favorites versus the Pelicans. Strong, high confidence that they're going to win that game. But Lakers fans are probably more interested in another game tipping off at the same time, the Portland Trail Blazers and the Denver Nuggets. Now, Nikola Jokic is not going to be in that game. So the Nuggets are saying... You know, we're pretty happy with the fourth seed. We're not going to bend over backwards try, with a long shot of getting the third seed. Good for Blazers. Bad bad news if you're a Lakers fan. Now, the Phoenix Suns, a team that's quietly the last seven weeks, been incredibly impressive. They've been extremely consistent. Could this be the year for Chris Paul? They're actually still alive, if you follow the math, to be the number one seed in the West. Go figure. Yes, they could hold the trophy at the end of the year. All they need is a win and the Jazz to lose. But Bernie... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the that they clinched it tonight. The Phoenix Suns are the Pacific Division champions. What's the Pacific Division? Who cares? Good question, Bernie. We care here at Straight Out of Vegas because we gave out the great RJ Bell gave out 12 to 1 in early February that they'd win the division, thinking the Lakers, the Clippers weren't really max motivated for the regular season. Chris Paul and the Suns were. They got it done. They're division champions. 12 to 1 bet. Cash it. If you watch that team play. You really appreciate them. Do you agree? I don't know if y'all... Consistency is the word. I think you nailed it. Chris Paul, all, all his teams, all his games, they play high-level basketball night in, night out. So Friday, I was on uh, with Jason McIntyre on his podcast. He does a superb podcast called Straight Fire 
with Jason McIntyre, and we were talking about this convoluted NBA playoff and how I'd noticed two weeks ago Phoenix was 20-1. to 1. That's pretty good value to win the championship. All of a sudden now in the last two weeks, they're down to 14-1. to 1. There's a reason. Take note. I realize Devin Booker has never been in a playoff game. I realize DeAndre Ayton's got to have the baptism by fire, but you got Chris Paul, and it's not always the best team, a team playing the best, and they're on that short list. And when Jason and I talked about that, we said, can you really trust the Clippers? What do you know? I mean, what are you going to get there? And the Lakers seemingly are healthy, and if they're healthy, they're still the favorite to come out of the West, but you don't really know. But back to that, let's talk about the Clippers tomorrow. They've still got a, well, let's put it this way. They're still vying to get a number three seed. Yes, but they will not have to face their old teammate Shea Gillis-Alexander has been shut down for the season for the OKC Thunder. And the Clippers, they got... They got it all lined up for them. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites at OKC, who historically, Bernie, the last 25 games, worst team in NBA history. By any metric, the OKC Thunder, the last month and a half since Shea went down, <laughs> worst team ever. So all they got to do is beat them, and they're the third seed. But knowing the Clippers, we've seen it before. We saw it last year in the bubble. Anything's liable to happen in a must-win game for the Clippers. Well, they sat like. everybody the other day against Houston, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, I'm, I'm guessing that you're not interpreting they're going to sit everybody tomorrow. I don't think so. I think they're, they'd much rather play the Blazers or even the Lakers at six rather than fall to the fourth and have to play the Mavericks, who gave them such a scare last year in the playoffs. Let's take a quick look at the East because the Washington Wizards, uh, tip of the cap, um, you know, we all know that Russell Westbrook now has 182 triple doubles in his his career, and uh, I, we were talking to Smooth before the show, and he pointed out I, I knew the I knew the Wizards were playing well. What are they like 16 and six in the last 22 games? That's right. And and they close hard, they finish hard. They might be a tough op for somebody. They might be somebody's nightmare. Right. They're the team you do not want to see if you're if you're the Wizards. I mean, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, for example, they don't really have great guards. The Wizards have guards and spades. They have Westbrook. Bradley Beal might be coming back even for tomorrow's game. And we mentioned it. The play-in tournament has been a godsend for the NBA. These games matter. They've mattered for about a month. They've been really intense. And just look at the Wizards. On April 10th, they had less than a 1% chance to make the playoffs per 538. After their win yesterday, it's 60% now. So they've gone from 0 to 60, Bernie, in about a month. Every game has been crucial for them. Like you said, they're 16-6. and six. That's the kind of story late in an NBA season that wasn't possible before this playing tournament. 0 to 60 in a month. That's like the car I had in high school. <laughs> uh, real quickly, some of these lines tomorrow have caught my eye because the Lakers, to me, seem very expensive now. Indiana snuck under the number today. The line opened at six, went to eight. Lakers led by eight at the half, but only one by six. So if you were laying the wood, the other night I had Houston against the Lakers. I I I feel like firing on the Pelicans tomorrow. I think you're going to get max effort. Teams are going to play free and easy. Tens a lot of points in a game like that in any NBA game. Uh, your thoughts? I tend to agree with you. Since Zion went down, these you know backups have come in in a strong way. They're four and two against the number of the Pelicans, and. If you look at it, LeBron James hasn't covered a spread in about two and a half months since early March. So, I mean, it's been a long time. They're not 100% heavy, ready to go right now, the L.A. Lakers. They're not the Lakers that won the championship last year, not right now. Now, the Lakers, uh, you surmised last week, were about a 70% chance to be in the playing game. They've done nothing but win since. Give them top credit. They've taken care of business. They still 
are likely to be in the playoff game at 70%, or check that, in the play-in game at 70%. Explain why. Because the Portland Trailblazers haven't done their part. The Mavericks, the Blazers, they keep winning. They're expected to win tomorrow. And as much as the Lakers have won, they haven't been able to keep up with those teams. All right, we haven't even talked about the Brooklyn Nets yet. I'm looking forward to the playoffs finally starting once and for all. I've been saying it for a long time. I don't think Brooklyn is going to win the championship because I've talked about the fact that in 40 years, 36 teams, top 10 defenses and those champions, 22 top five defenses, I don't think Brooklyn and their 25th ranked defense can get it done. You got about 30 seconds. I'll give you guys my best bet for the day. That is going to be Memphis Grizzlies plus three tomorrow in the first half. And here's why. The power rankings make it three, of course. You know, even teams at home. But the Warriors, they have this experience. They, they were going to be able to clinch it at the end. But that's in the second half. In the first half, I like the Grizzlies with the points. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch this week. That is going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. And, of course, next up, we got the man from Nashville. He likes to bring it strong, the new father. It is time for Jason Martin and the Jason Martin Show, so keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!